0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favourite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Dr. Brett Hill, and this week's episode is brought to you by Cave Camp, an amazing weekend of education, information, and connection with your tribe. For details, go to www.drbretthill.com forward slash shop. And so this week on The Paleo Show, we have a very special guest all the way from Puerto Rico, which I'm advised is somewhere near the Caribbean. um, And she's going to talk to us all about her amazing company called Prep Chef and her journey um, to this amazing lifestyle that she's got. So welcome to the show, Alison Schaff.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today.
0: Oh, we're excited to have you on board. It's great to have someone all the way from the other side of the world, but you've just recently been in Australia as well, so it's a small world, isn't it?
1: I know, it is. I was just there two weeks ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Alison, you grew up in the kitchen. You said your family teases you about being forced to complete survey cards when they're tasting a new dish. Um, you started this journey when you were in high school, um, cooking for people during your summer holidays, by the sound of it. Um, you then went on yeah. to study culinary nutrition at, at at university, Johnson and Wales University. You became a mm-hmm. registered dietitian. Um, you studied at the School of Nutrition, and, and now you've got a thriving company um, cooking for people, celebrities, families, all around the world. So... Tell us how this journey started. What, what made you at such a young age get so passionate about cooking?
1: You know, I just really enjoyed it. Um, and I was lucky enough to have a teacher in school that noticed how much I enjoyed cooking. And that's how I got that first job that you referenced in high school, cooking for um, a small business in town during the summers and decided to go to culinary school. But, you know, I also always, In my mind, it always made sense to combine the culinary arts with nutrition. Uh, It never made sense to me to spend all this time cooking something if it wasn't going to make you feel good afterwards. And I was also into sports and was an athlete, so it also didn't make sense to me to spend time cooking food if it wasn't going to help you perform better and feel better. So I've always been interested in cooking, but also in the nutrition side of things as well.
0: And so what were your early influences in terms of the nutrition side of things? What, what was your diet like growing up?
1: Gosh, growing up, I think there was a lot of confusion with my diet, to be honest. <laughs> and I think that's partly why I was interested to study nutrition. And looking back, it kind of makes sense why it was so confusing because I think a lot of what even in general kind of seemed to be common sense Now we kind of know not to make sense. And, for example, you know, back then it was, you know, low-fat. There were snack wells around and all these, you know, things that were supposed to be healthy. And um, I can see why that was confusing. And um, I also, gosh, uh, four years ago found out I was gluten intolerant. So Um, my whole time, you know, going through school and nutrition school and all this, I never – never realized that and so it's kind of ironic that after doing all this nutrition study and I it, you know it wasn't until several years later that I actually discovered I can't tolerate gluten.
0: And so how did that show up for you Allison? What what led you to the conclusion that you're gluten intolerant or to, the, to going and getting checked?
1: Um, so <laughs> a few things there. My sister got really sick and couldn't figure out what it was, got tested for celiac disease and was not celiac, but still decided to take it out of her diet and got better, you know, almost immediately. I think within the week, she a lot of her symptoms like headaches and not sleeping and bloating and all that like disappeared. Um, I honestly did not think I had an issue with gluten, um, but I was doing sort of a refreshed cleanse type thing and thought, well, since my sister has this issue, I'll make sure and take gluten out for a full month and just, just see if I feel any different. And I have not had gluten since then. <laughs> that was, I think, four years ago. Uh, I felt so much better, and I did try to reintroduce it after that month, and it was immediately obvious my stomach was not happy about that. And um, since then, if I've ever, you know, accidentally had a little bit, I definitely notice. And um, in those four years of being gluten free, I've felt much better. My immune system, I think, has been the biggest thing that I've noticed I used to get sick a lot you know I'd get colds quite a bit I'd actually get strep throat pretty often and since I've been gluten-free I think I've had one minor cold in four years which Mm -hmm. is very unusual compared to what it used to be in the past so yeah it's made a big impact on my life for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, Alison, I think it seems like we've got you on the show and you are obviously an amazing cook and you've obviously got some great tips for us. I think we should delve right into some food stuff because I think you're going to have some amazing tips and advice for us to make us all a little bit better in the kitchen and, and God knows you know, I need it and I'm sure others do too. So let's <laughs> talk about some some meal ideas, I guess. Why don't we start there? What's, what's, your, what's your go-to meals, Alison? Let's talk about a day in your life. What, what do you typically do for breakfast?
1: So for breakfast, um, usually I'll do eggs and some sort of um, vegetable, and actually sometimes I've even been doing, like, a meat at breakfast, which is so funny. I used to be vegetarian several years ago, but now um, i found, like, protein really kind of helps keep me full through the day. So yeah, eggs, and um, because I just moved to Puerto Rico, we've been doing plantains a lot, so I'll do, like, you know, some... Uh, sautéed plantains and maybe spinach, avocado. Um, Yeah, so that would be, I guess, a typical breakfast for me.
0: Nice. And so you obviously work with lots of people who you are cooking for. um, And are they getting you to cook for them generally because it's a time factor or because they're not sure how to cook or what to cook to, to have a healthy meal?
1: Yeah, so with the personal chef company, it's definitely, um, it's all of the above, but it, it's time. Um, with all of the clients, both in the meal planning website and in the personal chef company, um, it really, people, I think everyone deep down wants to eat healthy. Maybe they're not quite sure what that means or how to do mm-hmm. that, but I think everyone, in theory, thinks that it would be nice, um, but there's just certain barriers to that, but um, but it's also a time thing. I think that's when people come to me, it's definitely they're busy. Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah. so, you know, without wanting to talk yourself out of a job here, Alison, but, you know, what, what <laughs> sort of things can people do to, to help make that easier on themselves? You know, obviously, you're cooking for lots of different people, so you must be particularly productive in the kitchen. Um, so, you know, what, what are some tips that people can implement into their lives to make it, I guess, cheaper, easier, quicker for them to get some really healthy meals into themselves and their family?
1: Yeah. So um, my big thing is prepping meals ahead of time. So when I used to cook for the personal chef clients, um, I would visit people once a week and do all their meal prep for the week. And that's sort of where I came up with the idea of this uh, meal planning website that I have is getting people to spend, you know, two hours on Sunday afternoon doing all of their meal prep for the week. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of things. It's just a much more efficient, like you said, uh, you know, it's a much much more efficient way to do things. And it also helps, um, you know, so if you spend that time on Sunday doing your prep work, come Wednesday night at 5 o'clock instead of scrambling and not knowing what you're going to eat and um, having to come up with an idea from scratch, you already have, you know, some vegetables chopped in the fridge and you have a marinade and a fish and all you have to do is throw it all in the oven. And at that point, you've prepared yourself to succeed versus just saying, oh, I want to eat healthy, but at 5 o'clock, I don't have time. I don't know what to do, and I'm confused. And um, But if you already have a plan and you already have the food there, you've set yourself up to really succeed.
0: Yeah, and it's actually so true. Because I'm actually... It's, it's funny you, you mentioned that because I'm not someone who's been great at meal planning. I'm typically mm-hmm. not that organized and, and done in advance. But actually today... Um, I've got meals ready for dinner tonight. I made some paleo sausage rolls the other day and did a whole nice. big bunch of them, put some of them into the freezer, and so when it came to today, all I had to do was get them out and defrost them, and then I'm just going to heat them up in the oven tonight, maybe a little bit of broccolini, and I'm feeling so good about the fact that I don't have to rush around getting organized for dinner tonight. So there's my little you know, humble brag for today. I I'm actually organized, and I'm really excited about it. So it does make a difference, and it does make it easier. So... Give us a few ideas, Alison. What are some things that you like to do on a Sunday um, that you can cook in advance that are going to set you up for the rest of the week?
1: Yeah, so um, on that prep day, what I have people do is, um, you know, like I said, chop all the vegetables, Um, you know, most every vegetable, the only vegetable that doesn't chop well in advance um, is potatoes, Um, but everything else like zucchini and carrots and Asparagus, Brussels sprouts, all of those things can be chopped on Sunday. And um, I'll even toss them with the olive oil and the seasonings and put them in a container. So literally all you have to do is throw it in the oven when it's time for your meal. Um, All marinades should be made in advance um, for your proteins. And if it's uh, some proteins like beef or even pork can usually be marinated for a few days. So some of those can even, you can throw them in the marinade. If it's a fish, Hmm. I would wait and marinate it, you know, that day. But marinades can be made in advance. Um, I toss together salads in advance. Uh, So just keep the dressing on the side. And if you're going to add avocado, I don't add that until mealtime. And then breakfast, a lot of breakfast items can be done. So frittatas can be made ahead of time. Uh, Even if you're doing smoothies, you could put the smoothie ingredients into a baggie and just stick those in the freezer and that way everything's already kind of put together and you just have to toss that baggie into the um, blender. So, I mean, really when you look at um, your meals, basically every part of your meal can be done in advance.
0: That's that's a whole new level of organization right there, Alison. That you've just given me some ideas I would never have even thought of. I would never have thought to put smoothie ingredients together ready to go, but that's great. That would make it yeah. so quick and easy um so what about from a cost perspective Alison? what is what are some great ways i mean obviously if you're doing stuff in bulk like that it can be a great way to help save some money as well and to to get some you know cheaper ingredients maybe some bulk ingredients um to save a bit of money doing the paleo diet what tips have you got on that front for people
1: yeah i mean i think one of the you know if you do have a plan in advance um sort of the way i outline it is you end up using everything. So I think that's one thing that can be really frustrating for people is um, their can, food waste um, just seems, well, it seems wasteful. And uh, so if you think out in advance and have a plan on how you're going to utilize everything you buy versus just buying a bunch of stuff and trying to figure out how to make it work, um, once, if you utilize everything, it's going to be a lot more cost effective because there's just not that waste. Um, and you're also, have a plan for everything so you're not going to let it sit there in the fridge and eventually go bad uh the other thing is to try and you know shop in season um that will definitely decrease the prices if you uh, pay attention to sort of what's in season and even what's on sale you can incorporate those type of foods into your meals too
0: yeah and do you find by being planned in advance, I guess it makes it easier to perhaps use some, maybe some cheaper cuts of meat that might need to be cooked for a bit longer, you know, they might need to go in the slow cooker and, um, you know, be cooked for a longer period of time. Um, do you find, I guess, being prepared in advance might make it a bit easier to do some of those things, like a, you know, a slow cooked curry or something like that, that, that mm-hmm. you know, you can't just chuck in at the last minute? Oh,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: So, all right, we've, we've done our breakfast, Alison. What about lunch? What's what's lunch for you? What are a couple of your favorite sort of go-to simple meals for lunchtime?
1: Yeah, I mean, lunch can be – lunch and dinner don't always look that different to me. A lot of times I'll try and use leftovers from dinner for lunch. Um, but if I'm really in a hurry, I'll kind of use whatever protein I had from dinner last night and put that on a salad. Um if it's wintertime, I'll do um, soups and stews and chilies and, and those types of uh, things too. So it kind of depends. Um, lately, gosh, we haven't had much time, so I've just been doing like a burger with a lettuce wrap and maybe some, you know, either sweet potato fries or um, some sort of vegetable on the side.
0: So what's the most favourite lunch with your clients? What's the, what's the favourite within the prep dish? What do people love?
1: Oh, oh gosh, yeah. Um, I mean, right now, I think people are still, it's just now getting warm, but I think things like chilies and, because, uh, you know, still, we're just getting out of winter, and so people love to have, like, a good chili that they can pull out of the fridge and have for lunch.
0: Yum. That does sound good. We, we're we still kind of of summer here, but it still sounds yeah. good, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds yum. Um, all right. And then, so moving into dinner, I guess it's, it's a bit more of the same again, similar to what you've been doing for lunches. What's your favorite dinner?
1: Yeah. um there's a few different things I really like uh, mustard chicken legs with you know some sort of vegetable on the side maybe yes. uh, Brussels sprouts and mushrooms. I've been doing uh, Brussels sprouts and roasting them with mushrooms and maybe some potatoes as well, and um, really been enjoying that. And then I, I really like spaghetti squash too. I've been playing around, you know, I'll do a classic sort of marinara sauce over the spaghetti squash but I also like to do like a pesto and maybe some ground meat and some spaghetti squash and that's really that's really tasty too and it kind of gets that craving for pasta out of the way
0: so. <laughs> yum that sounds delicious that that mustard chicken sounds great I, I do one of uh George Bryant civilized caveman's recipes he's got a honey mustard yep. chicken in his cookbook and we do that mm-hmm. all the time it's my daughter every time I ask my daughter what she wants for dinner she wants honey mustard chicken with salad and uh, yep. we just eat that all the time, and it's so simple and it's so good, it's so tasty. I love it.
1: Yep, that's my husband's favorite. So I know if I want something, I have to think about. I'm like, oh, I
0: love
1: this, so let's just do it. It's easy. <laughs> I
0: thought you were going to say if you want something from your husband, that's what you do. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just keep you I in guess the good book. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, are there desserts included in your prep dish?
1: Um, Yes, there are. And it kind of rotates basically every other week. The dessert is a fruit, um, just because I do think, you know, really good mango and that sort of thing can be a nice treat at the end of the meal. Um, But there are desserts. um, I've actually lately, I know I'm kind of late to this trend, but I've just started playing around with chia puddings. And I've had (laughs) a lot of fun with that. Um, I don't know, I guess before I just never got into it. And all of a sudden, I have finally started trying that. Uh, But yeah, I'll do different, you know, sort of, I don't know, I I don't love the term like paleo desserts because I think that's kind of anti the paleo way, but I do, you know, desserts that have more real food ingredients, you know, I'll do like an avocado, um, chocolate pudding and, you know, things like that that are, they're still treats, but they're definitely made out of more real food versus, you know, really processed things.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's talk a bit more about your business, Alison. So obviously, you know, you were you, you got a job from a very young age, as I said, working for a company, making them their lunches. How did that come about to start with?
1: Yeah, like I said, the, that teacher in high school, um, I really guess I owe her a lot because she took notice that I enjoyed cooking and she knew that this family in town needed someone to cook their lunches every day and... I just really loved that job. You know, I got to go in every morning, and I could create whatever I wanted. The family was it was a family run business, so they were really nice to, to work with, and um, it inspired me to go to culinary school and be, get a master's in nutrition. And it was so funny because when all of, you know, I had that job in high school. I got all this education, and then I decided to go back doing the same thing I was doing in high school. I just charged about, you know, 10 times the amount. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I started the personal chef company where I was cooking for people, um, you know, going in once a week and prepping all their meals for the week. And through doing that, you know, it filled up really fast. And you can only take on so many clients when it's me physically going in, making all their meals. And after that filled up and I kept raising prices and I thought, gosh, if I really want to expand and reach more people, what's the best way to do that? And that's when I started looking for um, things that I could do online, huh. and that's where I came up with the idea of prep dish, um, because I sort of realized I had this system, um, like I said, where I you know prep everything in advance, and that's something that I was doing for myself at home. Just because when I get done, you know, cooking for clients all day, the last thing I want to do at huh. night is come and like cook a meal from scratch for myself. But at the same time, that was something I felt strongly about when I was doing that stuff work was I don't want my clients to eat better than I do. Yeah. Um, so that was a rule that I had, and that was sort of a way I could tell if I had too much going on if I started, you know, not eating as well as what I was feeding them. So. A- um yeah <laughs> that's
0: great that's great there's so many people in so many different professions who I think don't take that advice you know it's the classic of like the you know the mechanic with the bad car or the you know like you, you do it all at work and you just don't want to do it when you get home but it is so important to to put yourself first and to look after yourself and your own family too
1: yeah and so I kind of knew I was on to something but then I you know shared with some friends and family that had uh, you know kids and asked them to sort of test it out and in a year sort of refining everything and basically came up with this system of um these printable meal plans that I could share with people around the world and um it's all kind of gone from there and so Dish is the online company and what I do with that is each week I send out an email and in that email there's a downloadable pdf uh the pdf has three sections to it the first is a grocery list that's organized by um, department at the grocery store so people can go in and out of the grocery store as fast as possible. (laughs) That's another Mm -hmm. trick that I learned in those personal chef days is I did not like to spend very long in the grocery store so I could get in and out in under 20 minutes um, every morning. I kind of, (laughs) I got competitive with myself so I would always try and figure out ways to like get in and out really fast. I'd even call in my meat order ahead of time and have that waiting on me so I got (sighs) I got pretty busy, <laughs> I like that. and then yeah, and then um, the second piece of that PDF is that prep day that I um, call I call it prep day. And that's where people can spend sort of one to three hours doing that prep ahead stuff that I was talking about—the chopping of the vegetables, the mixing of the marinades, the putting together salads, making maybe a dessert or a frittata for breakfast. So all of that sort of done on that prep day. And that really is the key piece. Um, And then from there, the third part is just the dish day instructions. And that's sort of the easy, you know, when you get home on Wednesday night, you stick this in the oven for 20 minutes. So that's that third piece.
0: Nice. Now, I know I'm jumping backwards and forwards a little bit here, Alison, but we're going to come back to talk about prep dish a little bit. But I'm really curious about your formal education and how that process was for you. Because obviously, you know, you do follow a paleo or more paleo sort of diet. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so then going through culinary school and then going through to become a dietitian, how did you find that process? Obviously, the pros and cons of that, um, you know, learning lots of information, but perhaps not always being the the sort of information that was congruent with your beliefs. How did you go through Mm -hmm. that formal education process, both at the culinary school and then at the dietitian school?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I think my, you know, even my personal beliefs have evolved over time. I mean, I think part of the time when I was in nutrition school, I was still a vegetarian. So uh, Uh, when I was in school, I didn't realize that what I was learning was sort of, I didn't feel like what I was learning was opposed to how I felt. Um, I think I would feel differently today. And I see that today um, how it can be really frustrating. I work with a lot of students that I have that, you know, have an intern or I'll mentor different students. And I know that they have a lot of frustrations with what's out there. And um, I guess fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, but you know, we would just, uh, there wasn't that knowledge and paleo, if it was a thing, it wasn't on anyone's radar, at least not in a nutrition school. So yeah, um, I think for me, my education was just sort of a stepping stone to get me to where I am now. And I didn't see it as having opposing views. Like I said, I'd feel differently if I went back to school today. but I didn't have to deal with any of that because I wasn't where I'm at now.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. That, that does make sense. So that, that probably made it a whole lot easier for you than perhaps others. I know. Yeah. I'm like you. I know lots of people now going into nutrition, going into dietitian uh, programs and, and it can be really challenging when um, you know, you're being taught stuff that's conflicting with what you fundamentally believe. And, and to mm-hmm. sort of be able to learn that information and, and see, you know, the benefit of learning that information, but also then learning how to apply that and how to sort of critically analyze that, I think, is crucially important to be able to use that going forwards as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a large part, I my master's is nutrition communications, and so a large part of what I learned there was how to analyze research and how to analyze what you see in the news and what you see with, like, short headlines and really to dig in and see what's behind that. And so it did teach me to sort of be a little more skeptical and be a little more research-based. And um, then with paleo, I kind of had to rethink that and be like, well, you know, is there research there? But then it kind of makes sense, and then you see enough people and you see real-life examples and what happens. And so, yeah, I think several times I've just had to – take a step back and decide, you know, how, how I feel about things.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We've sort of got that whole, you know, evidence-based medicine movement at the moment where we're getting really focused on, you know, just that, that high level of evidence, which is very, I guess, reductionist and, and mechanistic in its, in its intent and, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily apply well to things like paleo, where we're looking at a whole body approach. We're looking at a whole, you know, a whole food approach. Then it's really hard to isolate that into specific studies of testing. You know, one particular nutrient, one particular ingredient, how it affects one particular part of the body. And and I think what we're yep. seeing at the moment is that maybe you know that that real uh, strict evidence based medicine. If we're only looking at that high level of evidence, then um, you know the, the reductionistic nature of that may not be so applicable to individuals and certainly to whole people who are, you know, really complex organisms.
1: Oh, no, I totally agree.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's fascinating. We could go into a whole discussion on that, I reckon, Alison, but we won't because we'll try and keep it simple. So I guess, you know, what we need to get out of you then, Alison, is is some tips for people, I guess. So, you know, what about people people who are just starting on a, you know, moving towards a more paleo journey? Um, You know, where do you like Mm -hmm. to get people started? What's the easiest way for them to start making some changes in terms of, Particularly, I guess, what they're cooking, what they're doing in their kitchen, um, you know, perhaps substituting some foods. What tips do you give to those people who are really just starting out on this journey?
1: My biggest tip is to not look at the foods that you can't have, but focus on those foods that you can have. I think sometimes people get too focused on, oh, I can't have pizza, so let me find a paleo pizza. Well, don't <laughs> even think about that. You know, the menus that I craft, I try and really have it be things that you would enjoy and you wouldn't even realize they're gluten-free they're just naturally gluten-free. You know, it's a, you know, a chicken leg with some delicious vegetables and, um, you know, the salad that's really tasty. And I don't know, so just looking at all, you know, focusing more on that can-have foods versus looking at those ones that you can just instantly trying to recreate them and make them paleo. So I think that's a trap that people can fall in, especially when they're first starting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes I think when you do do that, you know, you can end up having the, you know, the paleo pizzas and the paleo desserts and, you know, you end up having a bucket load of nuts or a bucket load of sweetener or, you know, you're not necessarily Mm -hmm. getting that nice, well-rounded paleo diet, which is kind of the whole point in the first place, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So, what about for those who've been doing it a bit longer, Alison? What What are the common, I guess, mistakes that you see, or the or the common things that people are missing out on, perhaps? Who are who are you know people who are further along? They've been doing paleo diet for a while, but what what are some little tips you've got for them that they can do it even better?
1: Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, I think with anyone, it's easy to get into the rut of sort of making the same meal over and over and not, you know, trying branching out and trying maybe new vegetables or new, you know, just new meals in general. So I think maybe it's just taking a step back and looking at your variety and what you're eating and when and, um, you know, how many snacks you're having. And I think it's just always a good exercise to kind of be more aware of what's going into your body. Um, An exercise that I sort of like to do sometimes is, when you're at the grocery store, look at your shopping cart, and that's a pretty good insight of what's going to be going into your body that week. Hmm. Um, and so just to kind of start getting into that practice of when you're at the grocery line, look in that cart and just see, what what am I going to eat this week? And um, that's a lot easier than having to, you know, every little second pay attention to what you're eating. But if you just look at that, that that's going to tell you.
0: I like that because I'm definitely guilty of that like cooking the same meals over and over again my poor kids must get so bored sometimes <laughs> we sort of have a few favorites that we just eat repeatedly so I'm going to do that next time I go to the shopping the supermarket I'm going to look into my cart and I'm going to try and pick a couple of extra vegetables that I haven't been having and try and create a bit more variety I reckon that's a great idea Alison I love that well, good yeah I'll all right so so um, let's, uh, before we wrap up, let's find out a bit more about Prep Dish. So we obviously you've got a website, www.prepdish.com. What are people going to find there, Alison?
1: Yeah, so if they go there, they'll um, want to sign up for the meal plans. And when they sign up, they'll um, get that three-part piece that I talked about. It's the grocery list, um, instructions on how to spend that two hours prepping your meals ahead of time, and then the really simple instructions on how to actually... Um, finish off the meals uh and i have a special deal for your listeners it's at prepdish.com backslash that paleo show and if they go there i have a two-week free trial that's really the best way to try it out and see if it's a fit um they'll get you get an email each week and there's sort of tips and bonus recipes and all that and, um but yeah the best way to do it is just try it out for a few weeks and see if it's a good fit
0: that sounds great. Two week free trial. Try out the meals. Get used to the preparation, and uh, that's. How, I mean, even if you don't go any further, that sounds great. Just two weeks of being organised and prepared is probably a you know a load off for lots of people. I reckon just to have it all done for you, or at least all organised for you, because often that's the biggest hurdle, isn't it? Just the actual organisation factor.
1: Yeah. No, I find that that <laughs> is
0: a lot of times. Now we can find you all over social media. So you are Prep Dish on Facebook on Instagram, and on Twitter. So, uh, you said Instagram's your favorite, Alison, that's where you like to post all your photos of your delicious food, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I like Instagram, although I think uh, just recently they're changing the algorithm, I don't know, so we'll that, see if too. I, <laughs> I think that's what I like about it, is they don't have that crazy Facebook, you know, yeah. switching things around on you. and.
0: Anyway,
1: as of today that's still my favorite. We'll see how long that
0: holds. <laughs> All right. Well for now we'll check you out on Instagram and in for the now, future you'll be on whatever new platform you decide and we'll be looking at your photos there. But um thank you so much for coming on board today, Alison. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on board and I think we've got some great tips for our followers on you know how can they can introduce some more healthy food and, and some new ideas into their kitchen. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Easy. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com, and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of WellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.